You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us. Sustain effort and violence, you play your ass off. You're watching the Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members as we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys. It is a first down. Pirates. Welcome in to the first of the season for the Pirate Preview right here. On the sports objective, man, we have got Bubba, Bubba Rosenbaum. We've got a great show tonight. I appreciate y'all's patience. My kids were uh, both practices. Uh, we had a soccer practice in one location and a football practice in another. Uh, but we're here now. Bubba, thank you so much for lining up another great show tonight. Yeah, we have a full show planned for you. Three guests, um, beginning with Michael Bass Knight. He is a managing partner at the Pioneer Theater out in Manteo. Uh, Michael, welcome in. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate you letting me be here tonight. Absolutely. Uh, I, ha- I hate Kyle is not here because Kyle and I are big music goers, uh, concert goers, I should say. And um, my mother, Michael, once told me, um, she's going to kill me for telling the story, but um, she said, all the money you spent on concerts, you would be a rich man. And I said, yes, mom, but I wouldn't have the memories. And you guys are creating a lot of great memories. Um, not only the, I know if you want to give the backstory of the pioneer, but that goes way, way back. It's such a legendary then you on the Outer Banks. Man, thank you so much. Yeah, what your mother said is actually real. I've been in a lot of the interviews and stuff we've been doing since acquisition and, and just kind of stepping in, not really an acquisition because, well, heck, Buddy was here with me all day today and his family and our family go back uh, generations. Matter of fact, my grandparents, Mose and Mabel, Mabel graduated from ECTC in the 20s as a teacher. Wow. Uh, they spent their honeymoon at Buddy Creep uh, his great-grandfather's house here on Roanoke Island. So, I mean, and then my other great-grandfather used to build boats with him. So who knew it was going to be so connected? But um, the, your, your mother's words are right. Um, I've been saying a lot of interviews. Music sounds like emotions feel. And after living in Austin, Texas for 10 years and getting a whole flavor for music and, and listening room experiences, man, this has just been, been a lot of fun. But to answer your question specific to the Pioneer Theater, um, it's not really advertised uh, enough, I don't think, but it's the it's the oldest family-owned independent theater in the country. Um, goes back to 1918 and has been continuous with Creep Family all the way through until February of, of this year, as a matter of fact. So it's been quite the journey so far. No doubt. And Michael, I know that uh, I was talking to you, not name dropping, uh, but you had one of my friends there, uh, the legendary chairman of the board, Ken Knox and company. And I know that they, I couldn't believe it, but not surprised, but two straight nights, two, uh, I think it was a Friday and Saturday night recently, last month or so, two sellouts. And I know for a fact, he put post up and I told him that you got, they were going to rock Manio and apparently they did. <laughs> Listen, they, they turned a lot of, I said to someone, they turned a lot of flames back on. It was awesome to see. Um, there's 242 seats uh, plus the VIP in the back, which is the back three rows. 
teenagers, probably all over decades and generations, <laughs> not been behaving well. But nonetheless, uh, there's a little VIP bar and lounge back there, and the whole place was packed. The aisles were packed, dancing. Uh, those guys were such gracious performers and just gentlemen. Um, they signed the wall in the back. I built a green room um, in the back uh, for the performers. They've got their own shower and bathroom, place to hang out, and and uh, they're they're just that's just an awesome crowd. So I can't wait to have them back again. Well, tell people uh, I know the concept of obviously you have the shows, but talk about the if you will talk about the uh, as far as your I know you're doing concerts, but obviously I go back to the '80s. Uh, my parents, we would they would take us on vacations. Uh, in fact, one time, going all the way back very close to the Elizabethan Inn, and uh, back in the middle eighties, we'd go to see movies there. And I know uh, you guys are going to continue the movies, right? Oh my gosh, yeah! As a matter of fact, I'm in my car uh, because tonight we have uh, we have Dirty Dancing playing, and we have uh, I believe I swear I think they punked me, but my the, the director of uh, operations and and uh, creativity for that work with me uh, decided tonight would be a great night for ladies night so I can't tell you how many are in there tonight but they're having Prosecco and popcorn and uh, 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 cotton cotton candy <laughs> with dirty dancing so I thought it was safer to come out here in my car and talk to y'all but movies absolutely what we're going to do though here's the difference and H.A. Creef had it right you know the there's so many top grossing films, top award-winning films over the decades. Um, and, and, you know, especially when you think about going back to 1918, the 20s and the 30s and so forth. But every single one of those top grossing films had a reason for that. And there's so many of the current generation and, and folks just a little younger who never really got to experience it because things happen so fast. There's so much on their phones, technology. And so by showing classic films, there's a couple of advantages there. One. If I sign up for first-run movies, um, I'm I'm beholden to the studio that says our our blockbuster uh, period is say eight weeks. So you need to play this same movie two three times a day for eight weeks. Well, there's only sixteen seventy nine people in Mania. That's not realistic, even in the summer. But for a second-run theater, I can wait after those eight weeks, and then I can play a movie that's something that everybody will enjoy. Uh, the older generation, the newer generation. I'm introducing things to the younger generation I haven't seen. I'm reintroducing things that the older generation remember faintly uh, or somewhat uh, positively. And then um, we're, we're kind of creating a whole new experience for people, which is really what it's about, right? It's not about the popcorn. It's not about the, the, the drinks, which everybody enjoys, but uh, the new bar in the back. But it's about that experience because I promise you, when you came here, you probably don't remember the movie so much, but you remember the smell, you remember the feeling, you remember the fun, and that's a lot like, um, you know, music. And so the theater over 105 years has done movies, which we're going to continue, obviously, but it's also had plays, it's had music. The VP of Country Music Hall of Fame just came through on vacation and was walking through, I was showing him around, showing him the green room, and he, along with other bands who played here and been here, said this places like a recording studio man it's dead in here of which i panicked and then they said no no that's good so <laughs> i can do to restore this to upgrade but to keep this community theater alive 
like this pirate thing that we're doing this weekend. Yeah, that's good, yeah, that, that's a good segue, uh, Michael. Of course, that's the reason we wanted to have you on. Uh, I love hearing, though, about the, the history of the Pioneer Theater. I'm in a small town about 30 minutes north of Charlotte called China Grove, and you know, five or six minutes uh, from my house and down in Kannapolis, we have the Gym Theater, um, yep. very, very old but unique theater. Um, the, the pricing's very family friendly. Um, they have adult movies as well as children's movies. Um, we love taking our kids there. But uh, you know, the, the reason we had you on tonight uh, was largely to, to promote your event, uh, Pirates of the Pioneer. You're going to have something Friday night. And then also Saturday, a viewing party for ECU Michigan, uh, 12 noon on Peacock. So tell, tell folks about your viewing party and as well as the event on Friday night. Man, thank you so much for the, for the chance to talk about it. You know, it started with uh, there's so many great uh, pirate alumni and there's so many of us out here. And be quite honest, <laughs> be quite honest, I, I, I said in a recent, in that first meeting, you know, the other universities that I won't re I won't highlight or mention from the RDU area, they parade out the coach, the basketball team, and I'm like, yeah, there's more of us, and there's something better we can do for this big game, this giant killer game that we're going to have, according to the interim coach, and I think that we should use that as our marching theme, and when it becomes real and true, then we just remind him that he said it, not us, but... Um, so Friday, what we're going to do is we've got two events in one. And the idea is that we're going to use the theater uh, to its fullest potential for folks downtown Manio. It's right in the heart of downtown. You're right on the walkable town. It's a social district, so you can have a beverage of choice and walk around the town. That's a, that's a newer thing within the Main Street community. There's just a lot of buzz happening in this town that, you know, goes back to the beginning. Um, I mean, we're talking about 1584, 1587. The whole time I was in California, they were talking to, they're so old at 1886, and I would just giggle. <laughs> you got nothing. But the Pioneer Weekend is all about the pirates taking over Manio. And so Friday night, we're going to start out with a VIP event uh, of sorts. It's kind of like a pre-social. They got a lot of people who are involved in this and to thank. But uh, that's $25 here at the Pioneer Theater. We've got the theater and the garden uh, the garden's really just kind of a throw-off uh, of what, it's an old parking lot, but it's things I've seen through places across the country I live, particularly there's a place in Austin that reminds me a lot of this, and you've got the cafe lights above, you've got some um, wine barrel tables, and it's an awesome place to hang out. We'll have music out there, we'll have some food. Uh, Mike Kelly, an alumni, legendary alumni from the Outer Banks, is going to have some food and appetizers for us. Uh, we're also going to have another uh, distillery, Kill Devil, who's got an adult beverage. Uh, we'll have some swag and some koozies. Uh, and then for those who are here for the evening, Friday night, we're going to have access. I took the back uh, portion of the Pioneer and created a, a little bit of a VIP lounge. There's a bar back there, some tabletops. Uh, it's a great place to hang out. So those who uh, want to come inside before the movie starts, well, uh, I'll have access to that. Now, Saturday, we're going to start early. We're going to do this right. We're going to have on Saturday, doors open at 10. We're live streaming. So one of the modifications I made to the theater with my sister and partners um, was we modified the IT so that you can be on stage with a laptop and plug in, and whatever's on your laptop is on the screen. 
Uh, we're not charging at all for any live streaming, but what we're doing is we're giving a $5 admittance fee um, into the theater directly to the local Outer Banks uh, ECU alumni chapter, of which uh, uh, Kylie Corbett has been doing a fantastic job organizing the local team to do. And I'll have a lot of names to give, but what we're really doing is tailgating, basically. Let's do this. We're pirates. We're tailgating at the garden. We're going to have a TV out there. We're going to have a bar. We're going to have um, a DJ. We're going to have a food truck. We've got trumpets playing the fight song. Uh, the voice of Pirate Sun is going to be here. We know uh, uh, how much that's going to be appreciated. That'll be a sentimental moment. Former um, Pirate, um, Voice of Pirates. Um, we've also got a lot of swag. And then we're going to spill into the theater and watch this. And. Um, well, we're going to win. That's just what we're going to do, fellas. We're going to win. I like I like your mentality. I like your mindset and that, Michael. And um, Kyle, is, Kyle, is, uh, from the Green, Kyle from the Grange Barber, easy for me to say, joins us. And Kyle is a big concert goer. Kyle, uh, Michael has the Pioneer Theater. We talked about that um, when you first, I guess it was back in, what, February? Mm-hmm. When you guys, and uh, so... Looking forward to it. In fact, uh, I know Kyle loves a lot of alt uh, country, uh, and so like uh, a lot of like Whiskey Myers and stuff like that, and Cody Jinx. Um, but he loved. There's a lot of bands that he knows that I'm, I'm sure that would be an artist that would be perfect for the Pioneer. Listen, you're singing right up my song right there, right up my alley. As a matter of fact, my my uh, avatar image is Jake Owen and myself. And his manager, and that manager was also the manager at one point for Whiskey Myers. I've seen them a bunch. Cody Jenks is on my top playlist. Um, I think it's time to really bring some of what we're seeing as a resurgence, interestingly enough, in Raleigh and Virginia Beach uh, down this way. And from a history buff perspective, which, I'm, you know, admittedly I am, before I-95 was a thing, there was a place called there was a place called the Casino over in Nags Head, um, and legendary as a dance hall and whatnot. But uh, it was right across from Jockey's Ridge. So all of you who've been here before, Jockey's Ridge oh, yeah. is now across the street. It's Kitty Hawk Kites. Right. In the casino was a piano that I grew up with in my house. That's now at the top of Jeanette's Pier. Uh, Uncle Mark and the state worked together to get that Jeanette's Pier rebuilt, revitalized. But Fats Domino played on that piano in the casino. Louis Armstrong's band played on that piano in the casino. Because if you're coming from D.C. or Richmond or anywhere up north, New York, on your way down, and we're headed out to Raleigh or headed down to Wilmington or Charlotte, you had to come through the Outer Banks um, unless you went way inland. This is before I-95. It's sad to say that we've lost a lot of music. I remember high school and early college, Dave Matthews, Hootie and the Blowfish were still playing around here doing the college tour, but yep. it's dormancy. And uh, I think along with using this theater for, of course, the family community theater and things we can do, man, oh man, have we pressure tested the acoustics in this place. And it is perfect for what we're talking about. Intimate, 250 folks. You've got the best concert, best venue, and I'm excited to see what we can do. So you helped me with Cody Jinks and Whiskey Myers, and I've got a drink for you. Cody, Cody Jenkins and Whiskey Meyer at a 250 seat venue. Good God Almighty, what would you have to charge for a ticket? Well, you know, it depends. I think what I've heard a lot of people saying is that it would be the perfect pop up for the performers of that magnitude. 
they play arena to arena, and this is coming straight from the mouth of a group who stayed at my house. Uh, I've got a 150-year-old home, a block over, that I use kind of as an inn and a little listening room for no more than 25 people. And then some of those folks will come over to the Pioneer and play the next night or even Festival Island Park, which is up to almost 4,000 people in the yeah. amphitheater. Yeah. But they said, we go from amphitheater, amphitheater. We started playing, and all we wanted to do was go to the big arenas. And once you get in that circuit, man, the only – way to tell the difference is one's the Pepsi arena and one's the Coca-Cola arena. You don't feel any connection to your fans and you kind of get burnt out. And what we want is a place like a Pioneer or a smaller theater where we can recharge our batteries, we can reconnect with our fans and probably just do something for a charity or, you know, just a small pop-up. And I got a band for you there, a suggestion. That may uh, they're they're right there on that cusp of of yep. they play bigger venues than that, but they, they it's a pioneer theater, particularly on the summer, maybe during a weeknight. Uh, are you familiar with Still Woods? Yeah, yeah. They played Asheville, didn't they, Kyle? Yeah, they, well, they played Asheville several times. They, their former lead guitar player uh, who passed away is from Asheville, but yeah, I think Still Woods. Uh, that, there's a good choice for you. Or, I could, I could see we could, I could talk music all night with you just name acts. Um, Ward, yeah. If you're if you're a Cody Jinx fan, you're sure you're familiar with Ward Davis. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and uh, um, Marcus King is yeah. uh, he's phenomenal. He's from South Carolina. That dude right there. If he won't if he won't break your soul down, I'm telling you right now. But there's just so many. But you know, listen, don't we can't get discouraged because that when you think about music and a venue like this just like the game coming up or whatever whiskey i mean the whiskey a go-go the the continental club in austin continental club doesn't hold more than 150 people 100 people but there's always three nights uh three uh shows a night and that third show might be the name of the actual band or it could be foo fighters popping through town and they right. just want to practice that so there's a lot of potential for places that have character, that have history. Andy Griffith started his career out here and certainly launched a lot of movies here. And there's just a lot of character in an old place that is what we as humans right now, I think, are seeking the most connection. Certainly. With the Pirates, uh, with this event you have coming up Saturday, do you think that'll start a trend? Because I love watch parties. I, I'm going to be actually in Michigan or I would drive only. 90 minutes, as you know, to from Williamston to Manio, so it'll be a nice day trip for me uh, and for my kids. What about uh, future events? Are you just going to kind of see how this goes, or this, is this just a one-off? No, I think um, I think you kind of, you know, you let a place like this, you, you the idea of you build it and they will come, right? So you're willing to be flexible because you have ideas of what you think it will be, and it may take a totally different turn. Um, my sister tells me that one of my, I have, there were huge, fast nights are a huge clan, but one of my sisters is like, you know, we built a hotel out of, uh, you know, a damaged fire and we turned it into a hotel and we thought it was going to be for families and we built the rooms and the ambiance and everything for families and it's traveling business folks that book us year round. So we've had to kind of modify I think the same will happen with the Pioneer. I'm pretty sure, you know, we're always going to be the community theater, but I, this viewing party may turn into something. Um, we certainly had the first attempt at this 
was the Manio High School girls soccer team that won the state championship. And, uh, you know, some of the folks who've been so instrumental in helping me with this are town, town people. Um, Melissa Dickerson, Michelle Bunce, who's an alumni, for God's sakes. Uh, she's helping out with uh, Kylie a lot on this. But uh, we, were, we have something called Dare Days uh, in Dare County on Roanoke Island. It is the first Saturday in June every year. I don't know how many years I've been doing it, but it's a lot. And uh, I had a band or two that was supposed to play, and uh, we had an issue with a band playing, and we're like, all right, well, I don't really know what to do. People walk around town. We weren't going to show a movie in the middle of the day. They're going to be down the docks having fun. And Melissa called me and said, hey, did you tell me you can, you can show from your laptop on the screen, at, like live stream? I said, yeah. What are you thinking? She goes, well, you do know that our high school just got into the state championships. I was like, oh, my God. She goes, can we? I said, I'm already, like, working on it. And it turned out to be the coolest venue I've seen in for, for, for the longest time. There were people just popping in and out. I must have had 200 people at any given time throughout the whole day just coming in, watching, chanting, cheering. It was awesome. So long, long way of telling you, I think we may be on to something. Yeah, well, I like the fact that uh, I, I love the fact you're a pirate. I love the fact I appreciate your uncle very much for all he did for North Carolina. Of course, the Outer Banks, without question, being his home. And I'll tell you what, the pioneer, by the way, I, I had to look it up. Michael, I know the very first movie. Uh, I knew the uh, first movie that I had to see at Pioneer. It, uh, I was a teenager, 1986, Elizabeth Shue, the movie was Space Camp. And oh my I, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a deep cut, but anyway, that was the first movie I saw of the Pioneer in my family. We would every time, as much as we would come, would come there. Uh, it was a very family oriented thing. And uh, so that was great for us. Uh, something kind of like a ritual. Now, now it's great is I'm happy. I'll leave you with this and we'll get, uh, let you go. But what I, what I want to say is, uh, this is great because now my kids, I can bring them second generation, third generation, actually, to the Pioneer. And um, I'm so glad you saved the Pioneer. And uh, whatever we can do to help you, you know, we'll do that. Uh, before we let you go, I want to give another plug again for this event uh, coming up on Saturday. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to start Friday night with the VIP. Uh, it's Pirates uh, Invasion of Manio. Uh, we're going to have it's $25 so that we can go ahead and... Uh, uh, provide some food and, and uh, appetizers from Kelly's uh, Rum Punch from uh, Kill, Devil, Kill Devil Rum. We're going to have VIP access, some koozies. Saturday, we start at 10 a.m. Guest DJs, we've got a singer. We've got the fight song and trumpets. Uh, uh, Pirate Nation's going to be there. Uh, we've got a bunch of swag. We'll be live streaming the game inside the theater. So we're going to go from the garden to inside the theater. And this wouldn't happen without folks like Johnny and Penny Robbins, Mr. Dick Denton, um, the Kreef family. Uh, we had Kylie Corbett from the uh, alumni, Michelle Bunce, Jessica Houston, Chandler Tillett, uh, Terry Edwards, so many more. But people out here are passionate about the Pirates. They're passionate about doing something unique. And uh, we love to win. So, as I said, the quote that we want to follow, Coach Houston, uh, is giant killer that came from their coach and if we believe it it's gonna happen so i'm excited about it let's go 
get them, Pirates. All right. Uh, Michael, how can people get up with you? Um, so the best, way to, the best way to follow us, there's a couple things that are happening. The Man, the Manteo House, Manteo, the local stay, M-A-N-T-E-O, the Manteohouse.com. Uh, there's a lot of folks that come out and stay. It's an old historic home right downtown. The second thing is um, the PioneerTheater.com. The PioneerTheater.com is the best way to get your information, is to get tickets. Uh, it's the best way to see what's coming up if you want to make that 90-minute trip uh, right. and come for a weekend and uh, just enjoy Manio. But there's a lot to be had out here. The beach is 10 minutes away, and it's a secret that we've always known and it's time to share it with some folks. All right. Looking forward to it. Let's get a lot of pirates there and uh, hope that you'll do it more, as I said, as the season goes on. And uh, maybe there's a, a bowl in our future, and uh, you could have a bowl party. But we'll take – hey, right now we're worried about game number one. Uh, we'll take, um, as the coach would say, one game at a time. Michael, thank you so much, man. Good luck to you. Let us know how it goes. Love to uh, get some feedback on how the events goes this weekend. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Good luck to you guys, and thanks for doing what you do. Absolutely. Have a good Labor Day. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. The, Mike. Senator Bassnight's son. His nephew. nephew. Yeah. I, I ate at his uh, restaurant, the Long Cedar. It's uh, great. Here. Yeah. The late, great Mark Bassnight, a great uh, Senator Pro Tem. Many years, uh, did a lot for North Carolina, and uh, appreciate him, and uh, rest in peace. I uh, can't believe uh, guys like him that we don't have anymore. But, Bubba, another great guest here, that uh, East Carolina and Michigan connection, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, from ECU Dowdy Student Stores, and um, I believe, what, you had a couple daughters that are Wolverines. So, you know, John, tell us hey, about Dave. your connection uh, to the For some reason, I can't hear you guys. Um I got my mic on and my speakers on, but I don't know if I've hit somebody. Somebody message him and let him know to just log out and come back. Yeah, I'm doing that for him now. Yeah, if you can see, yeah, sign off and then sign back in. Sorry for the technical difficulties with John. He's been patient in in the green room. Uh, So he's going to sign out. Okay, give me just a second. All right, thank you. All right. Uh, we love StreamYard, but that's one of the things that uh, we don't like. So, um, Kyle, uh, by the way, uh, how cool is that while we have a chance to have a watch party? You know, in our uh, group chat that we have, uh, I'd love to uh, do one with uh, our group and certainly a lot of Pirates at a game uh, coming up will be awesome. Yeah, probably a lot of watch parties going on this Saturday. People who don't go to Michigan to watch the game, uh, maybe get together at their house with a group of friends to watch the game or they may be like I do and just uh, sit in the living room alone, maybe with my wife and and watch the game so I can yell and cuss and scream. <laughs> and, you, uh, you don't have to behave that way, Kyle. Do what? You don't have to behave that way. Oh, you... well, probably not for the Michigan game because my expectations are tempered. But uh, there are there are games that there's no choice but to behave that way. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll have John on here in just a second. I don't know why we're having uh, technical difficulties. No, but... just yeah, we'll talk about some other things. I don't know what we've touched on. Holt Naylor's cut by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, uh, from what I understand, uh, from talking to some people, um, they got to give him twenty four hours to see if a, if another team picks him up. 
uh, off waiver. But uh, from what I'm hearing, if not, that they are going to uh, pick him up for the practice squad uh, tomorrow. They're going to give him 24 hours if somebody else wants to pick him up off waivers as a backup quarterback. And then Seattle's going to sign him to the practice squad from what I'm being told. So hopefully that's true. All right. And I think we've got John back. Let's see if we can get him now where, all right, uh, we can bring him in. I'll bring him in. Hey there, John. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you guys. All right. Glad to have you on. I was, uh, Bubba, I know that we have a ECU and Michigan uh, connection, right? That is correct. Um, I grew up in Michigan, have about eight or nine family members that went to Michigan, including my mom, grandfather, great uncle. And then both my daughters just finished attending Michigan as well. Um, two degrees from one of the, the eldest and then the youngest just finished in 22 with her undergrad as well. Well, wow, so uh, talk about that. Growing up, uh, were you, I take it you're a Michigan fan growing up? Yes, I, I'm a Michigan fan. I've been working at ECU for 20 years, and I think everyone that knows me there knows that I pulled from Michigan as well. But my first game I ever went to was in 1976. Um, my grandfather and uncles had season tickets. Um, since my uncle graduated from law school back in the um, early 70s, so we've had season tickets there for over 50 years. Um, but going into that stadium when you're seven or eight years old for the first time is just overwhelming. And I remember my asking my dad how many people were there. And uh, he told me there's the same amount of people here that live in our city of Saginaw, which Saginaw does not have 110,000 people living in it anymore. But back then it did. And John, yeah. what do you what do you do for East Carolina? I'm I'm not familiar with you. Yeah, I work at the bookstore at Dowdy Student Stores. Okay, I've, I've been the merchandise uh, manager there for 20 years, and um, still working with them now. They just transitioned over to Barnes and Nobles. I have, I, I know I, I I have I have had a conversation with you. Yeah, um, because I was very angry at <laughs> the uh, lack of big and tall selections as I switched over to Barnes and Noble. Yeah, uh, used to I go to the Dottie Student Store when it was in its old location, and you guys had the best selection of big and tall stuff. You destroyed UBE selection of big and tall, and now it's the complete opposite. What happened to the big and tall? Why does well, Barnes and Noble hate fat people, John? Yeah, well, they don't, but we don't have any control of the uh, buying anymore in the store. So I used to be in control of all that, and I could buy you know whatever the customers were needing, and I would always you did a good job. Out. I, I would always watch out for the the big guys. Um, I know you and um, Joe Leggett would always give me a hard time too. But it now the what happened with the Barnes Noble connection is they've switched over and have another partnership with actually Fanatics. So Fanatics, uh. Fanatics is the group that buys all of our merchandise, and then we sell it for them. And then okay. we get we get commission for selling it. So we can we can put in our um, our requests and everything like that. But um, basically, no control at store level for buying. Yeah, and, and I'm familiar with Fanatics and their website for ECU stuff, and they do have a big and tall selection. 
via ecupires.com. Uh, it is limited, but they do have one. But uh, it's interesting to see. You know, there's good things about everything becoming corporate. Uh, it's probably a lot easier to manage, but there's there's bad things about it too because you don't have that hands-on like you had before where if me or Joe Leggett or an offensive lineman uh, <laughs> needed something, you could just order it. Yeah. Well, and they – they, I, I used to order all the way up to four X, but uh, you had some five X's. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Adidas would allow us to get that, you know, far up in the sizes, but now it seems like we do get um, some three X's in, but they're only in champion. Yeah. And even in the champion, we'll get like, even in two X, they'll send six to two X's for the whole order. Wow. And like, and like one or two, three X's. So three <laughs> they go pretty quick on a game day. That's the nuts. They, well, the reason they do that is because it's the same way with, um, I used to sell footwear for a while in addition to working a radio. And what they do is they know that the, not to get off on a tangent here, but size nine is the most popular size in shoes and men's shoes. So you have like a boatload of nines because you know, you're going to sell a lot of nines. Size oh. nine is the most popular size in men's shoes. <laughs> Yep, nine, nine and a half. Yep. Are you serious? Yep. Okay. And, uh, not popular, but the most you know most men have enough. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the uh, so people like me that have a size thirteen, you're very limited because they're smart. They Try know thirteen wide, my friend. That's me. I'm a thirteen wide. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, extra wide to be. How you like them Nike Monarchs, my <laughs> So. Um, <laughs> Our choices, I feel you, Kyle, on that as far as foot, uh, footwork is uh, feet, uh, footwear is concerned. Because uh, for me, oh yeah, I know, I get it, I get it, and I know that's really not why why he's here, but you know, I get it. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I will say that sometimes, um, uh, I, I there, <laughs> there is a market for three, four, and five X uh, East Carolina apparel. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, there, there absolutely is. Let's start a website then. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Dave? I thought about that. I have thought about starting a company doing nothing but plus size collegiate apparel. I think it would be like two X to five X. I think it would be no pun intended. Huge. <laughs> I, I would. I would do two. I would do two X on up to six X at least. I mean, I there, there's big boys out there, man. That they, they, you know, yeah. some big football players out there. They can't wear a, a medium or a large. Exactly. Um, John, let's talk about. You know, we we're talking about obviously the student stores. While we have you on, um, talk about some of the most popular stuff you have right now. And we've got a lot of people right now that are like me that we're looking to. Um, speaking of bigger sizes, I'm a. I was wearing an extra large, and I, I can't wear extra large right now. So what were some? I'm in the mood, or not in the mood, but in the market to buy some more pirate stuff uh, to get one size, at least one size up. What are some stuff you guys have right now that's really popular that people are buying? So like some of the stuff that we have that's really popular one of them that in particular during baseball season we got this old school um uh brand 47 brand retro hat from the 80s um the younger guys are calling it the rope hat has like a little piece of rope that goes across oh yeah oh yeah i forgot and it's it's a white one we've only got about eight left but what happened was the baseball team started buying them to get on the bus and just travel. So they would post them on social media and wear them in pictures and official photos of them getting on the bus or getting off the bus. Snapback, rope in front. And yeah. is, it, is, it, is, it a mesh, is it a mesh back or solid? It, 
it's a completely performance white material with like micro uh okay so a modern take on the old school yes and it does it does have like a snapback in the back and it is a um structured profile so it does go up a little bit higher in the front it doesn't it doesn't hug your forehead um but i mean even at baseball we had the girlfriends would come down uh you know my boyfriend saw this i need to get this this white rope hat and then i had people calling me from raleigh and charlotte um we do um do phone orders for people that don't live in town and if they don't see something they're welcome to call me at the bookstore and i don't mind shipping out stuff for them uh another item that has been very popular especially during football season is the johnny o polos so we have the licensed um johnny o gear um polos quarter zips and you know we do take that up to the town tower but we do have a full um, inventory of that inside the store and uh, people can shop for that online for some of the pieces, but some of the newer ones, it takes a couple of weeks for them to populate to the website. So again, you know, if anyone needs, they can call the store and I can see about doing a phone order and getting it shipped out to them. Um, one, one thing we also did just release at meet the pirates was the throwback Jersey. Um, we did, we did get that in. Um, I think it did. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. I think it did only go up to two X. Oh, wow. Um, and then we, we, it, it is being, uh, made by our, uh, Adidas partner. So for Adidas for retail, we don't get it directly from Adidas anymore. They kind of downgraded us in the retail sector a couple of years ago, even before we transitioned to Barnes and Nobles. So we get it now from a company called, uh, I think it's Triform Custom Apparel, uh, TCA. So they're kind of like a middle uh, man supplier for Adidas goods. They'll get blank goods and send it. But I think the um, jersey was a little bit different, but they did make the jersey for us. And I do want to uh, give a special thank you and shout out to Melissa Spain. Uh, she works with uh, ECU Athletics. She is our director of licensing and she has been very instrumental in getting uh the football jersey to us and then also late in baseball season she was able to get us that um powder purple baseball jersey oh yeah so we do have that as well and that that has been so popular we've already run out of smalls and mediums and we only have um large two x left a lot of ladies buying that uh yeah i think a lot of um a lot of the college kids i see a lot of the younger ones buying it i do have a few of the traditional fans getting it but i feel like it was more of uh um the younger and then the ladies but yeah. we we have had some diehard pirates buy it as well right. hey uh bubba and kyle uh what's that guy's name ken mayer we had an idea for you guys uh we got to talk maybe to the athletic department i know you i, I was wondering if you guys could do it we're trying to raise money for obviously the indoor practice facility and with all the, with pirates unite uh, with like a lot of the charities where you can round up to another dollar. Okay. Would you like to give a dollar to yeah, the or, or round up your total to the nearest dollar? Is that something you guys could do to help out? Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys, well, I want with to ask pirates, you with the pirates unite campaign or, or, or something like that. Yeah. What we could do is um, pose the question to our regional uh, manager, Michelle, uh, Gretch Carter is her last name. 
but she runs and is oversees all the stores in our division. And now that we're like a corporation running the store, we probably have to, you know, make sure that we're doing it the right way or um, even if it's allowed with us. Yeah, the reason I was asking is because that's a, a great way to uh, just tell them that's a great loss leader because if I know that I can buy something because I'm going to be buying more stuff from you guys and I know that I can give a dollar or round up and we can give it to Pirates Unite, I'm going to be buying stuff from you guys where I wouldn't buy from, no offense to the other people because I buy from them, but I would definitely be more apt to buy from you guys than the other people if I know that I can help with the uh with the campaign for and, and it's a little bit more unique situation with with, with them versus right. versus uve for example not only because it's a corporate setting but also because more students actually shop there because of being in the student center uh asking them to donate to pirates unite uh probably ain't going to get you as far as asking people like me and you when we make our purchases well that's well, true you know, one thing they did do this past year where you might be able to get um, ECU Alumni Association involved with it is this past year, there's a lot of universities across the country doing it as well. They asked all the graduating seniors if they would like to make a donation of $23 because they're graduating in 23 towards um, their choice of whatever fund they wanted it to go to towards ECU philanthropy oh, or or other types of funds um and then when they paid the 23 dollars to alumni association they got what's called a philanthropy honor cord so they were able to wear that honor cord at the um, graduation ceremony and everyone that saw them wearing it knew that they made a donation back to the university as their you know first pledge of money back as an alumnus that's a great idea. I love the great things they're doing there uh, with the Alumni Association uh, over the last uh, few years, for sure. Um, John, what can you tell us about? Uh, are there any like breaking news or any like uh, one thing that? Well, I, I wanted I wanted to segue back to John what we were originally talking about about the big house. What, okay. What's your What's your favorite memory uh, of of you, you missing going to games with your dad and it being the same population as Saginaw at the time? Oh, what what is your what's your favorite game you went to at the big house? Did you go to a did you go to an Ohio State game there? I that is the only game I have not been to is an Ohio State game. But I've been to uh when we played well the the eight years that my daughters were in school there, every single game that my wife and I attended to go see them, we never lost a game. Well, uh, Michigan never lost a game for everyone that we attended. And one of the ones, a few of the ones I was most nervous about was Notre Dame um, and Penn State and Iowa and Michigan State, you know, whenever, whenever we were going up for those games. But for some reason, it always ended up being like a trouncing where we ended up pulling out like a crazy victory that I never thought would happen. And it, What was it, the best it, atmosphere of the Michigan State games? Say that again. What was the best atmosphere of the Michigan State games? Man, well, the Michigan State game that we went to was like crazy because it, um, it there was like a snowstorm the um, night before, so we got to our Airbnb and there was like two and a half feet of snow outside, and the lady that owns it she had already shoveled a little walkway for us to get into the house, but the craziest thing 
the next day for the game is if it if if you have torrential downpours or there's a snowstorm like that, there's no parking on the golf course allowed. And the golf course is adjacent to the it's like right across the street from the stadium. And there's a good number of people that park there. And that is where they're going to have the pirate tailgate as well. Um, But when it rains, they don't allow people parking on the, um, the fairways. And they basically park everywhere on the golf course fairways. um, I think the only thing that's not um, fair game is tee boxes and um, uh, the greens. Yeah. We, uh, the beat writer we had on recently told us that was definitely, and that uh, by the way, for people haven't that are just joining us tonight, um, John, we were told if you want to go to the big house, make sure you definitely go before nine o'clock because after nine o'clock, he told us that's when traffic is horrendous in Ann Arbor. Yeah, and I, I have to agree with that because I, I posted the other night information about parking, and I said if for a 12 noon game, you better be on the road within walking distance of your parking um, space if you want to be safe and then you want to relax and get your spot. Um, the other thing about parking, um, that's stuff I posted last night, you can park at Pioneer High School, which is right across the street from the golf on one side. And then it's right across the street from the um, football stadium on the other side. So um, if you park there, you can actually pay for your parking pass ahead of time um, with the link and the website that I um, put on my, uh, my post on my Twitter or my X account now that they call it. <laughs> but but um, you can also park in the golf course and it looks like it's going to be good weather this weekend. So there's two or three entrances to the golf course. So when you go into the golf course to park, they only accept credit cards, but you can pull right up. They'll charge your credit card. I think it's anywhere between 60 and $70, which is pretty normal for parking for one of those games, but they'll direct you into the golf course. And then there's guides all through there that'll motion you where you need to go. Um, the area that we normally park is right off of Main Street. Uh, several of the streets that intersect with Main leading right up to the stadium. One of them is Berkeley Drive. And Berkeley Drive basically intersects the stadium at the 50-yard line. So my uncle's been parking there for years. And we have parked with him there for many years as, as well. Whenever we go up, he'd reserve us a spot and tell his buddy that, um, you know, that he parks with the hold a spot for his nephew and all that. But those spots are 50. One, one thing they do if you park in the yards, um, one thing up there they do is they probably do it here, but I'm always working the football games instead of parking in the grass. But um if you park in the middle of someone's yard, it's just a regular 50 bucks. But if you park on the edge near the sidewalk, it's called an easy out. And they might charge you 60 or $70 to park in the easy out. That way, you know, if you want to leave early, you can get out and everything. But um, yeah, just, just the atmosphere around the games is crazy. Um, that neighborhood where we park as well, there's going to be um, banquet tents. Uh, from the MDEN and other vendors. Uh, one year there was a Lululemon tent that, I mean, there was, there was hundreds and hundreds of people in each tent and the Lululemon tent had a line coming out of it. Like people were waiting to get in. 
um, when you get in the stadium, there's multiple locations to buy Michigan gear. If, if you're interested in anything like a sticker, you know, just to say you went up or whatever. Um, I know a lady asked me the other day about where to get stuff because they have a travel trailer that they're taking and they always put a decal of all the stadiums or the states that they visit and everything like that. But it is, it is just crazy when you get up there that first time you go in, when you walk up to the stadium, it really doesn't look that big or tall. Like you're expecting something, you know, really tall and, and um, like a skyscraper. But when you get up there, it just looks like the height of a regular building. Once you get into the concourse and walk through the tunnel or whatever section you're in, the stadium is actually dug into the ground. Um, and I, f I forgot who the, uh, I'm, I'm ashamed that I don't remember, but I think um, whoever built it, they, it was, he's famous for it's the hole that he dug um, the stadium. But once, once you get into your concourse, I think you're already at row 50 or 55. So if you're at a lower number, you go down and then you can go all the way up, I think, into the 80s and 90s if you go back towards the back of the stadium. Well, the um, the Townback Tower is known as the hole that Jeff Comfer dug. <laughs> the, the, the money hole. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, thankfully we are selling that out the last two years. So um, hopefully that'll be sooner than later. But that's a whole other show, as they say. Bubba, I know you had a question about apparel, didn't you, to go back? Well, I'll, I'll go back to that uh, perhaps in a few minutes. But while we're on this okay. topic, you know, and, and what John has done on social media, like he mentioned on his ex account uh, over, the, over the last month or so, month plus now, I, I'd say, uh, as far as sharing different restaurants and uh, places of interest, you know, uh, obviously, you're not going to share all those now, but you know some of the some of those uh, some of those top ones uh, that you that you can recall offhand uh, that that you would recommend to pirate fans because there will be I think we sold 24 2500 tickets and then obviously um, 3000 plus um, with what you have distributed uh, complimentary you know wise as far as uh, as far as fans you know players, parents, and travel party, and then people who bought through other outlets. So and there'll be three to 4,000 fans at least uh, for East Carolina at the Big House. Top five restaurants, yeah. So one that I would go to, which is just a like a diner driving and dive, is Mr. Spots. Mr. Spots is on straight, State Street uh, going towards the stadium away from campus. Okay. It's just a little hole in the wall. But it's where Tom Brady buys his linemen their wings when they come or when he used to come to Detroit to play. He'd buy a whole spread for his linemen from that place. So great um, wings? What's that? Great wings? Yeah. Uh, well, he'd, he'd buy them, you know, the hot wings and all that kind of stuff. But another good spot would be Knight, uh, Knight's Steakhouse. That's one of my favorites. That is on Liberty Street in the downtown area. It is... Uh, right around the corner from a parking deck. So it's very convenient, but we would always go there for lunch. For lunch, you can just walk in, they'll get you a table. You can get prime rib, steak. Um, they have excellent food, excellent salads, excellent service, and they've been around forever. Um, another good spot to see if you're 
um, that is famous for Ann Arbor in Michigan is Zingerman's Delicatessen. So they have been there forever. And if you want some of the best sandwiches or cheese spreads or uh, potato salad or homemade soups, uh, masa ball soup, chicken soup, they have special teas, coffees, breakfast. That that is a phenomenal place to go. Is well, it a Jewish deli? You mentioned muscle ball soup. Yes, I do think they have a Jewish background. Um, so they also have like about four or five locations in town. So to me, Zingerman's Deli. How's their Reuben? Have you tried it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's huge. Um, oh man, I, I think that's what I got last time. But they also have like five or six different variations of the Reuben in like different ways. Um, nice. The another spot. All right, I'm coming, Dave. I'm running with you. Change one more. Okay, come on. <laughs> another, another spot that a lot of the athletes like to go to that I wish I had gone was maize and blue deli. So that is, I forgot what street it's on, but, um, it is like about a block and a half away from campus but it is a place where you can get phenomenal sandwiches and chips. There's not many spots to sit in there. So every time we went, it was like packed and I just didn't want to, I wasn't patient enough to wait to, <laughs> to get a sandwich. Cause when you're walking around Ann Arbor, there's every 10 feet, there's a different rent, uh, restaurant. Um, and I think, I think, was that five? Yeah. You, 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 have you got a good spot for pizza? Oh, um, well, my daughter fought me on this for the post. She, she said I did the wrong one, but we have only been to Pizza House. Pizza House has been there forever. It's very close to the downtown and um, uh, campus area. It's, it's within walking distance from campus, like about half a block. But then she also said the original Cottage Inn pizza. So that is supposed to be good as well, but she never took us there. <laughs> John, we always talk about on the show uh, one way or another about Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Is there any barbecue joints in uh, and there in Ann Arbor? Like, like, would that be like beef or? God, uh, well, the, the guy we had on from Ann Arbor mentioned someplace, Dave. He said it was Memphis style barbecue. Memphis, that's right. Yeah. You're right about I think, it. I think it's called the Blue Tractor. That's exactly what yeah. it was. Yep. Yeah. Now there there used to be a place. I I don't know if they moved somewhere, but they were right across from my daughter's apartment where she lived like in in this house and it was literally across the street it was kind of like a bees barbecue where they had like a little shack and then they had like 20 foot piles of wood in the back and they had like eight oh smokers. nice in ann arbor yeah and Shocking. and we went over there and got some food and that was i got um smoked uh baby back ribs and oh. they were some of the best ribs i ever had it it used to be like a um, block down the street from Washtenaw Dairy, which mm. is a really good um, ice cream place. But oh man, like every college town, that whole area, it was right next to a lumber yard, and the university bought the lumber yard and basically that whole block. <laughs> well, okay, well, there's a lot of places to eat. It sounds like if nothing else, what win or lose, you can get a good meal. That's right. That's what I'm looking for for after the game Saturday night is a place that. I can take my family. So you gave me a lot of choices that I can, we'll definitely check it out. John, uh, before we let you go, I know Bubba had a question. We've got Kevin Monroe in the green room, but 
Bubba, I know you had a question about apparel again. So yeah, I may have very well discussed this uh, when I when my phone died, and that is, you know, on uh, Pirates. Uh, excuse me, Meet the Pirates weekend um, and media day. The modern throwback, you know, those were selling like crazy, and you know, we saw so many comments on social media. Yeah, they were. He was. He discussed it. Okay. Started two X. I think they went up to two X. Is what you said them. Yeah, and yeah. one thing I one thing I do want to mention about that is they do run a little bit small. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry oh, again, Kyle. So but, I won't be able to do the two X then. I'll have to be like Kyle then. And two X is my size right now, but I'll have to just skip on that one. Yeah, but the baseball jersey came from a different vendor, the powder purple, and that thing it runs a little extra big. Oh, that's good. All right. So how can people, by the way, we uh one more thing you said about phone orders. How can people get in contact with you? And then we'll let yeah. you get there. Yeah, if they want to call the direct line at the store, it's on two five two. 737-1881 and they can ask for John Palmer or they can ask for JP which I go by at the store and many people know me by that name as well. I, w- I wanted to do also mention one last thing about the big house which I just saw in my Wolverine magazine yesterday. Um, the state of Michigan uh, governor she passed the law where you could sell alcohol at stadiums and Michigan decided not to do that um, this season just because the turnaround was um, so late on the approval. They didn't have time to do it. So make sure and have your favorite beverages before the game because there will be none inside the game. (laughs) We've had that for what? Was it the COVID year? It's been like the third season, I want to say, at ECU. Yeah, it's well, I know they've we've been doing it for a while that we do sell alcohol and I think I remember that first year we we allowed it. I think they did like fifty thousand dollars in sales the first game. <laughs> yeah, we pirates we love to have our beverages, pirate beverages. John, thank you so much for uh, giving us a great insight. On it's kind of cool to have the Michigan East Carolina. I guess you never thought when you moved here and uh, when you came to the student stores. I guess you had no idea what one day you'd be playing <laughs> at Michigan. Pretty yeah, never never dreamed it. Well, thank you so much. Hope you have a great Labor Day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Maybe we can have you back on around Christmas time because I know there are a lot of people that love to buy gifts, and that'll be something fun we can talk about. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Hope you have a great night. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for your patience yeah. as well. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good one. All right. So, man, that has been patiently waiting. Did you get the good beverages, Kevin, in the green room while you're waiting? <laughs> yeah, y'all took good care of me back there. I'm good. I'm good All to right. go. Good. Kevin Monroe, so glad to have you, of course, the analyst again. How many seats? I'm losing track now. Is it 19 seasons now? This is 21. 21, man. Time is flying, man. Wow. 20, not not 21 since you've been the analyst. 21 you've been on the network, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. I spent, I spent three as a sideline guy. Okay. Okay. That's what – all right. So Thank you've been the analyst for 18 years. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm getting old, man. It does not seem like it's been 18 damn years since I heard Crump <laughs> call a game. <laughs> it has. Oh, man. How are you doing, by the way? I know you vacation. I live vicariously through you and your wife. I know you You have all these great uh, – talk about your vacations, if you can, before we talk about football. Because I'm like, man, I live vicariously through you guys. You're going everywhere. A lot of Caribbean trips, it looks like. 
Listen, we uh, we work hard, and when we get a chance to take a little vacation, we jump on it, especially because our we have two boys. I have a junior in high school, and I have a seventh grader. And so they're playing travel baseball, football. The youngest one plays uh, basketball. And so we're always, you know, running around doing that stuff. So just to, to take a deep breath and, and go on a trip, we really enjoy doing that. So we went to Turks and Caicos uh in mid-august and that's that's it's the third year in a row we've been to the exact same resort we, we just loved it and uh, we knew what to expect and uh we probably go somewhere different next year just just to switch it up a little bit but uh beaches Turks and caicos is where we went and, and uh, had a good time and then the wife and i haven't been on a a you know a, a couple's trip just to, just the two of us so no kids uh in about seven years um her her both her parents passed away about six, six or seven years ago. And so they used to come up and watch the kids. Um, and so we haven't had been able to do that. And so uh, now that my parents are retired, we were able to have them come up and watch the boys. And we went to Destin uh, for, for four nights. And so really enjoyed that. Um, you know, there's not very, very many places, you know, stateside that you can go with uh, white sandy beaches and, and clear water without having to go to the Caribbean or somewhere like that. So Destin's one of those places. Yeah, i tell you what, Kevin. So we, maybe you'll one day, You'll, um, I know you do a lot with the athletes uh, with financing, but maybe you can be a travel agent as well. Uh, <laughs> you know all the spots. Maybe uh, in retirement. We'll see. <laughs> uh, before we dive into Michigan and that game, what about your uh, fact? Uh, Justin Butts, by the way, says lots of chains over the years, but we still have the legend Kevin Monroe. I appreciate that. Uh, Kevin, let's talk about – so your son is a junior, and any hope that we'll have another one or two more Monroes that will come – be a pirate i'm hoping listen he's a he's a heck of a player he was a little bit of a late bloomer he ended high school as a five six you know freshman and now he's over six two about six two and a half getting close to six three 190 pounds plays wide receiver great hands uh but he just he was a late bloomer so he's still he's still getting faster still getting stronger so we'll see he'll be up to some pirate games as a recruit this year and hopefully uh you know get around some other universities and see what they have and uh but yeah i'd love for him to be in the purple and gold I'll start yelling, Donnie K, are you listening? Are you watching? <laughs> uh, now we can talk about uh, about the game. Uh, are you, so I take it, are you not going to be uh, going to the big house or are you not? I will not be there, uh, but, you know, back doing just home games again yeah. uh, this season. So Andrew Bays will be there. He and I were just texting, talking about depth chart and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I'll be cheering the Pirates on from the television, but I will not make that trip. You know, Kevin, with uh, one of the things I've talked about, we've talked about a lot uh, on this uh, on the show in the preseason, and now we're up to game one with our Pirate preview here on the Sports Objective, is we've got a lot of talent. Maybe they don't have the experience, but one of the things with you guys back in the 90s was next man up. There's a lot of talent, and I know they're unproven right now, but I think there's a lot of guys, one out here from the coaches, quiet uh, optimism, confidence, whatever you want to say, around the program right now. Yeah, you know, I don't know if game one will be a great indicator of what kind of uh, team we'll put on the field this year, just because, you know, you play number two team in the country, you may be outmatched at certain positions. um, But I I do feel good about what the Pirates have going on. Um, You know, they they have a lot of transfers, and it's it's different from when when I played. It was, as you said, next man up, but it was guys that had been in the program for two or three years, and then they were getting their opportunity. Now you have guys that, you know, maybe haven't been in the program, maybe been in the program for one year, but they got to they gotta be ready to go. And so uh, we'll see, you know, especially in spots like corner, um, you know, wide receiver. We'll see, you know, offensive line, 
We'll see a lot of brand new faces, linebacker, a lot of brand new faces that we haven't seen in the past that, uh, you know, pirate coaches have been very excited about for a while and, and the fans get a chance to see them on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt, Kevin. Um, a lot of turnover this year, a lot of new faces, as you mentioned. Um, talk about that from, you know, from back when you were a player, the, the difference from one year to another, how much a team can change. I mean, obviously, the, the, the some of the differences are glaring. I mean, Holt Naylor's is gone. Keith Mitchell's gone. But, but just talk about, from a player's perspective, you know, you're in the program, but now stepping up from being the backup to now you're the starter, how much more pressure is on you? Yeah, I mean, it's all about, you know, recruiting, right? You you, you want to just kind of reload instead of rebuilding. Uh, and I think, you know, we had a, a bit of a stale period there uh, for, for a few years. And I think Coach Houston has got the cupboard back full. And even when we lose guys like a Holton Aylers or a Keaton Mitchell, uh, you know, you know you have the, the Garcias of the world, the, the Marlon Guns, the Rajay Harris's that can just step in and play. And so even even when you lose guys in the transfer portal, you go out and get more guys from the transfer portal. So you're right. When I played, you know, you lose a guy like Scott Harley, you know, who had a, a crazy, you know, sophomore year, fell off a little bit his junior year, but just an unbelievable back. You lose him and, you know, in comes guys like Leonard Henry and and, um, and Jamie Wilson to replace those guys. You, you'll lose a, a Larry Shannon or a Mitchell Galloway or a Jason Nichols and, in comes Lamont Chapel and Troy Smith and uh, Marcellus Harris. And so uh, you, you've got to just reload. you got to be able to just replace those guys that have been staples in the program for a long time. You know, there, there probably won't be another, you know, six-year player like a Holt Naylor's. Obviously, COVID helped that out. But, um, you know, it just doesn't happen anymore where you have a, a good player stay around for a long, long time. We've been lucky to have, you know, Mason Garcia for a few years. He hadn't even had a chance to really, to really play yet. Hopefully, you know, he takes the field on Saturday. And so – uh, yeah, you just have to be mentally ready. You, you know the you know the program. You know what's going on. You know the coaching staff. Uh, you have a good idea of what you're supposed to be doing. You just haven't had your opportunity yet. And when Saturday comes, a lot of these guys that have been waiting for their opportunity, whether whether it was at a different school or whether it was at East Carolina, to get their first opportunity to, to start a football game. Kevin, we um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. It might have been my wife actually, and I was thinking, and uh, you'd probably be a good person to ask this to. Um, you know, played some good teams. You know, the the Miami team, particularly that 99 Miami team, was really talented. Uh, do you think this is going to be the best team that maybe you've ever seen East Carolina play on paper? I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, you, we, that, that Pitt team in 91 was really, really good. The 99 uh, Miami team had a ton of talent. You know, they, you know, they talk about that, that, that 01 version of that Miami team. They're saying that could be the greatest team ever assembled and several of those guys were on that 99 team. And so, uh, yeah, you, you, we've faced tons of talent over the years. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, West Virginia came in here one year and we were able to beat them and they were stacked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, this running back from Michigan is a, you know, one of the best in the country. Uh, they're stout on the offense and defensive line. They got playmakers everywhere. You know, it's, it's, this is not going to be a situation where the Pirates are going to sneak up on them. I'm not saying the Pirates can't win, but it won't be because Michigan wasn't ready for them. Now, that Appalachian State game was probably the most embarrassing loss in, in Michigan history. They're just not going to let that happen again. Uh, they, they've done their homework on East Carolina. They know what to expect, and they'll be ready. And so uh, you have to come out and play your best game. 
you know, hopefully you get some things to fall your way, get some turnovers to make some things happen. Uh, if you get a trick player or two up your sleeve, you know, you might want to break that out. But it's going to take a lot. This is this is a very, very talented Michigan team, and they're, they're not ranked number two in the country for, you know, without a reason. Yeah, you mentioned the Appalachian State game. It's hard to believe that was 07. So <laughs> the current players that were, what were they, like two? Right. <laughs> That's just it's unbelievable to, to, to think that. But, you know, yeah, it, this is a tall task. You, you don't want to ever say you can't win uh, or why even make the trip up there because anything can happen. That's just happened every day. You know, I remember um, two that come to mind of 30-point-plus underdogs. Um, I remember one time back in the 90s uh, when Rutgers was just the dredge of the earth, uh, and they were, I think, a 39-point underdog to Virginia Tech. I remember Rutgers upsetting Virginia Tech. And then I think one of the more memorable ones in recent history in terms of point spreads, um, when Har- oddly enough, when Harbaugh first got Stanford going, mm. they were something like a 42-point underdog to Pete Carroll in USC. You remember that upset? I do. I do. Stanford. Wouldn't that be ironic? <laughs> but so it, it, it has happened before. You know what? If you if you had if you had Keaton Mitchell, you know, and a couple Halton, of these, yeah, know, Avery, yeah. Avery, Avery Jones, uh, you know, a couple of these guys that you lose that you that started a ton of games for you, you know, all of a sudden you think, well, we, you know, they don't they don't know how good we are. Um, but yeah, with, with all these brand new players, it's, it's going to be a tall task. No, it will be. And realistically, you know, I, I told somebody the other day, you know. I, I do think the way they play football, they like to run the ball. Mm. And they got a good offensive line. Uh, I do yep. think we have a pretty good defensive line. It's going to be tough to match up with their line. With the new clock rules, I want to ask you about that because I noticed on week zero, um, games move a whole lot faster. And I think scoring is going to be down with no stoppage on first down, That's except right. in the last two minutes of the half. I, I, I do think with the clock rules, if we play it right, I told somebody the other day, if we could walk out of there like 28 to 10, I'd feel really good about things. You know what? I, I, I agree with that. And, and I love the clock rules. I, I like it in baseball, too. I just think that, you know, it, it keeps fans involved in the game when they're moving along. There's so, there's so much dead time in these games. You know, Jeff and I used to joke about the, 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 the TV timeout between the third quarter and the fourth quarter. It used to be like six minutes, and it, was, yeah. it just seemed like it took forever. And so – um, you don't need that kind of time. You let these guys get back out there and get going. And so, yeah, I love that they're not stopping the clock for first down. It's going to change the way. There's one thing I don't like about it, Kevin. It's going to cut down on the amount of comebacks. And college football is so much fun because of comebacks. And I, and I really believe you're going to just run out of time. You know, you, 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 that clock not stopping in that fourth quarter, you, you're going to yeah. have so fewer comebacks because of it. Well, I was just going to say they're going to have to run the two-minute drills a little bit differently. You know, you're going to have to use spiking the ball a little bit more often. You're going to have to throw the ball out of bounds every now and then. But, yeah, you're going to have to find ways to stop the clock as you are running that two-minute offense. But, yeah, they'll, they'll adapt. They always have over the years when there's been rule changes. They'll adapt, and I think it'll be good for the fans. Yeah, yeah like I say, it, it, it does with the game. I did notice that, like you said. You know, I, I watched every week zero. I might have been the only sick person that was watching – FIU and Louisiana Tech at 10 o'clock at night. But um, <laughs> I watched every week zero game this past week, and the games did move along a lot faster. I've never been one to, to – I love college football. I love watching college football, or I wouldn't have been watching every game. I've never been one to complain about the time of the game. Yeah. But I I do think there is some pluses and some minuses to the rule changes. And like you said, there 
you're just going to have to adapt. I just I, I think back to like that um that Marshall game uh, in 21 mm-hmm. where we made that furious comeback the last five minutes of the game, and that would not happen with these current clock rules. I don't think. I think we would just ran out of time. No, there's no doubt. But but you you know you know that going in, and you just, as you said, you have to, you have to adapt. You have to play towards that clock. Uh, you maybe some 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 of the times that you were running the ball earlier in the game, you go to the passing attack, but you you have a you have more of a sense of urgency yep. when the clock is moving like this. We talk about the additions on the and on the defensive side, and you have so much more athleticism and length. And you think about guys like B.J. Davis coming in from South Carolina State, um, also Ra Ra Dilworth from North Carolina. Uh, those are two guys that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on on Saturday and beyond through the first month of the season to see how they're contributing. Sam Danko, we've heard a lot about his length off the edge. And then you have a guy like J.D. Lampley who played on the interior last year. He dropped, what, about 40 pounds and mm-hmm. 260, 265, um, playing more so on the edge this year. So those are four guys that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, what about you, Kevin? I, for me, it's the it's the corners. I mean, I, I just – it's it's hard enough. I sat – I registered my true freshman year, and then I sat my whole redshirt freshman year. I didn't start a game until my redshirt sophomore year, and then I only started two games that year. It's just hard to throw out a young, unproven corner uh, into a college football game. Now, you know, the guys they've got going, um, you know, they've got a couple transfers. They've got some guys that have some uh, some time under their belt. But I'm just concerned about, you know, running out against a Michigan or against a Marshall or against an App State without a proven secondary. And I'm, I'm happy that, you know, Julius Wood and guys like Tegan Wilk will be back there in the safety spots to kind of help lend a hand to these corners that haven't that haven't played as, as much as as Pirates anyway. Uh, but that's that's one position I, that, that concerns me. Then offensive line. I mean, you, you only have Isaiah Foote coming back that, you know, that started a bunch of games last year. And so you, you're, you're plugging and playing there, and that's – that changes the whole continuity of your offense. I mean, you know, Raji Harris is is not like Keaton Mitchell in that he doesn't just need a small crease. You know, he's either going to make a hole himself or he needs a bigger hole for him to get through there. And so that offensive line has got to put in some work. And then Marlon Gunn's a little bit slippery, more slippery, but uh, you got to put in some work to, to get that running game going. And if that running game is not successful, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Mason Garcia, Flynn, whoever it is, uh, to throw the football. Because when you can just – Sit back, you know, pin your ears and, and, and rush the quarterback because you know they can't run. It makes offensive uh, of production a lot tougher. So the offensive line and, and cornerback positions is the, the two that I'm really wanting to see how those young guys and how those transfers do. Yeah, no doubt. I, you know, I I think the angle I was I'm just saying more so just because of um, not necessarily my concerns, but just those guys and what we've heard about them during preseason camp. But yes, undoubtedly the offensive line and then. Um, like you mentioned, um, with the inexperience at corner, although I do believe there's a significant amount of talent there, uh, it will be interesting to see early if maybe Mi- Michigan goes play action and uh, takes a deep shot on the first play or two. Yeah, you know, it's corner. I, I think that you know, I obviously play the position, but I, I think if we're talking about physicality, I think that the most physical position the most physically complicated or physically tough position on the field is corner. I think, you know, you're going backwards. The best athletes on the, on the field are, are, are running forward. They're running right at you. You have to make decisions in a split second and make plays. I think mentally it's probably quarterback, but physically it's, it's corner. And so to have guys out there that maybe haven't had a whole lot of time as starters um, on that island, 
Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be tough. And I certainly would take some shots if I were Michigan. But as, as we alluded to, they're going to run the football until we stop them. Uh, and, and if that's if that's never, they're going to keep running it. But every now and then, they're going to take a shot. So we've got to be ready back there in the back end. Michigan, two starting safeties out. Of course, their backups are five stars. Um, yeah. I, you know, I if, if you're calling – well, I won't even ask you what you would do. I'm going to ask you what you think Donnie Kirkpatrick and Mike Houston will do. Um, you know, Mason, we assume, is going to get the start. You're probably going to see both QBs. Um if you were running the show, and would, would you know Mason Garcia? You know, supposedly haven't really had much chance to see him. He got all the physical ability in the world, but maybe um, between the years he can get rattled. If you're playing Michigan, do, do you do you, do you are you ultra conservative in his first start to make sure he you know doesn't or try to make sure he doesn't get too rattled? Or do you tell him, hey, Mason, this is Michigan. You're not going to play anybody better than this probably your whole your career. If you go out there and throw a pick, you throw a pick. Just go out there and play ball and see what you can do. How, how do you? How do you? How would you approach that if you, if you were? Or how do you think they'll approach it? Well, so so I think that you know Mike Houston is a really good coach. I don't think there's any argument there. Donnie Kirkpatrick has called some great games over the years. Um, he's taken his criticism at time. I think that if if I were them. I think this is Mason Garcia's team to lose, right? I think he you name him the starter right away because he came in such highly touted. He's he's bided his time. Most other guys in his situation probably would have transferred, but he's hung around. He's learned a lot. You, you give him the opportunity to go win it or, or lose it. And so um, you give him two games, you know, and, and if, he, if he shows he can't do it, then you, then you bring in Flint. Um, but – I don't, you know, they, they've obviously not handled it that way. And I, and, and I'm nervous that because he's waited his time and they still haven't put, given him that, that nod, that maybe his confidence is probably not where it would be. Had they said from day one, this is your team. And so to answer your question about the Michigan game, certainly I don't want him to go out there and throw four picks and get pulled because he's going to go straight in the tank with his confidence. Uh, but I, what I, what I would love to see is for them to, Maybe shrink the playbook a little bit. You know, let 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 him let him run around a little bit. Let him let him do some bootleg stuff. Uh, put receivers right in his face. Give him opportunities to make easy throws. Get some wide receiver screens going. But I would shrink the field and and, and have him looking at one half the field at all times. And if it's not there, pull it down and run some. Obviously, I don't want him running a lot because you know he, he can get beat up doing that too. But he's a big, strong kid. But I think you got to shrink the offense until he gets his confidence up. And then when you feel like he can you know, make all the checks and all the right reads. Maybe you do that. You know, maybe a Marshall game is a, is a game where you can do that more so than a Michigan game. But, uh, you know, let that kid play. Let him, let him go out there. And if he makes mistakes and he and he doesn't, you know, win a ball game or he has a ton of turnovers, so be it. But I think he's earned the opportunity to at least go out there and start. Kevin, with the uh, – you're talking about with, with uh, Garcia. I mean, you're talking about a kid that's a four-star guy. He could have probably gone to – uh, schools like in the Southeastern Conference, potentially he may not have started, but he has that potential. And I know potential is dangerous, but I think this kid is the real deal. I really do. I think he's uh, got a lot of upside. And like Kyle mentioned months ago, so I will give him credit. Um, I hope the fans won't automatically think about him or this team. And there's going to be some, um, but let's say hypothetically we lose by the spread, what mm-hmm. the spread is now. 
And then they go, oh, my God, we're going to have a bad season. No, we just play the number two team in the nation. So I'm, what I'm hopeful is, is that our fan base won't expect, like, you know, that when they see that, they won't panic, like, oh, my God, we're going to have a terrible team. When well, Some will, Dave. Some will. 11. But you have, if you look at outside of Michigan, every single game on the schedule, I don't care if it's UTSA, Tulane, every single game, we realistically – can win those games. And sure. I think you know, Michigan, but I'm just saying that the programs come from where we can beat Connecticut, uh, only Connecticut <laughs> three times, um, 16, 17, 18. And you and Jeff Charles having the uh, only nine wins in three years when you were used to winning nine games as a player. And I know how much it hurt Jeff and a lot of people, but now you have a situation where I want to tell the fan base, Hey, pump the brakes on the Michigan game. 11 out of 12, and we need six to go to a bowl. I think uh, with the schedule, um, we talk about it a lot, but the Michigan game is a Michigan game. And Dave, I, you probably talked about us pulling the upset more than anybody I've heard. <laughs> no, I think there's a, I do think there's a chance. If you're a Kevin Monroe, I'll just say this. If you're a Kevin Monroe, you guys in the 90s, um, and I heard about this uh, with one of your teammates, Jeff Carr, and he said, he told another one of our friends, said, hey, when we went on the field, we expected to win every single game. Absolutely. And if you don't have that mentality, there's no reason to go to Ann Arbor. Oh, the boys better have that mentality. If they, if, yeah. if yeah. they don't, they, they're going to they're, they're get be That beat writer that put in the – said Eastern Carolina yesterday, and we're going to lose 61-7. to It'll be 61-7 to if you don't think you can win the game. Uh, listen, there's no question that, as, as Kyle said, the players have to think that way. And I, I think I told this story before, maybe even on your show, but – you know, Coach Logan, we had a we had a player committee, and that and it was uh, uh, had juniors and seniors on it, and it was the you know the the, the better players, uh, the more vocal players, the, the team leaders, uh, yeah, myself, Jeff Carr, Forrest Foster, uh, Pernell Griffin, um, Sherman Lace, Sherman Lace, well, uh, just to, just to just name, name a few. dropping Kevin Murrow, just name dropping. Yeah, yeah. and so you know, we we were on the player committee, and he pulled us all together, and he said, "Listen, guys, you know we've got." West Virginia, South Carolina, Miami, and Duke were our, first four, were our first four games. And he said, if we can win two out of those four and do what we're supposed to do in the conference, I think this can be an incredible year. And we just kind of looked at Coach Logan like, are you, are you crazy? Like, we, you want us to go back and tell the team that you want us to win two out of the first four? He said, Coach, we want to win them all, all four. And we think we can win all four. Uh, and so that that was the that was the mentality we had, and of course we did win all four. We that, that fifth game I think was Army. We were five and zero, you know, ranked in the top twenty. We had ESPN coming down talking to us, and it was a you know it was a crazy crazy start to that season. And then Southern Miss came to town, up up seventeen, and still found a way to lose that game. That that one that still keeps me up at night. But anyway, um, yeah, the players will have that that kind of mentality. You know, that they, they're you know we had David Garrard who had been you know, a two-year starter uh, and had sat behind you know, a guy like Danny Gonzalez. You know, we had, you know, receivers that had, you know, that had been there for a minute. We had running backs that had been there for a minute. We had a, a really good defense. And so um, this team is a little bit different in that they're not as 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 stacked with experience as we were, uh, but that mentality should still be the same. Yeah, Kevin, you tell Coach Logan, you say you're not running 10, 11, 12, 300s to go two and two. That's right. No way. <laughs> yeah, believe me, Coach Connors was not a part of that conversation. <laughs> do, do you think? Do you think Coach Logan was trying to elicit that response from you, Kevin? 
You know, it's a good question. I, I honestly think he he believed that we would win at least two. And so he just was trying to say, hey, let's get that done. We can't we can't afford to, to come out of this 0-4. Um, but yeah, he probably he probably did want to, you know, get under our skin a little bit and and and, and get us pumped up. And the other thing that happened uh before that that we opened up in Charlotte against West yeah. Virginia that year. That game on that game on YouTube if uh, if you if you ever feel like you want to watch it, Kevin. Nice. And so, and, and, and I don't know if it was a player or a coach or somebody slipped up and, 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 and called us lightweights. They said something about the lightweights in East Carolina, you know, be the first game of the season. And, 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 and Jeff Connors went out and bought t-shirts for all the players that said lightweights on. And he said, he said, I spent all, I said, I I spent my own money on these. And when we beat these son of a guns, we're going to put them on and run across the field and shake their hand. And that's exactly what we did. You you go back and look at at photos of that game. We had on lightweight T-shirts as we were shaking their hands at the end of the game. I'm going to go watch that, and I'm going to go watch to see if the the ends on ESPN and where you guys are shaking hands on the field to see if I <laughs> noticed that. That's uh, that's pretty cool. I, I remember now that I remember it now that you say it, but I had forgotten yeah. it over time. Yeah, that's that's crazy, but that's that's what makes our school special is that there's a lot of talented guys like Kevin Monroe that um, that you guys maybe could have, should have, would have played other places, but. They didn't give you an opportunity, uh, but but you come in. And I was talking to my, our friend tonight, and I said, you know, what's great about those team in the 90s is they were guys that were probably two or three stars, but they played like four and five stars. Hmm. And Kyle and I don't care anything about recruiting and the stars and all that because at the end of the day, they haven't come and they haven't stepped foot on campus and automatically they're four stars and five stars, and a lot of them tank. They never make it. Uh, not talking well, a lot of guys are four stars and five stars until they commit to East Carolina, then they're three stars or two stars. Yeah, yeah. they drop them down. So That's because true. of East Carolina, but uh, with this game, what, what's your overall expectations for this season for for the team? I, I really feel like that even the schedule's tough, but I feel like we're going to be a bowl team um, at, at the very least. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, back to back, you know, bowl bids. Um, I don't think that changes. Um, you know, honestly, you, you lose you know, Houston and Cincinnati and UCF, you know, all of a sudden now, if you're not battling to win the conference every year, something's wrong. You know, it's kind of like the old Conference USA days. You know, if we weren't one, two or three, really one, two, that, that's not a good season in turn at the end of the year. And so I think we should be battling to win this conference every year. Uh, and that means you got to kind of run through the conference and, and, and you know, maybe drop one or two games in that conference, but win the rest. And so it's really the non-conference that you have to, to figure out. And, and, you know, you, you're going to have a Michigan every now and then, uh, but there will be some other games in the non-conference that you can compete and can win. Uh, so, yeah, my expectation every year is is, is going to be, you know, seven wins or so in, in a good year. You win eight or nine and, and, and maybe and maybe run it and win more, uh, but you never go below six. You know, so that's, that's we, we were reloading, not rebuilding. And so, I fully expect us to, to just go on a streak of bowl births because there's no reason we shouldn't be. Kevin, if this if, if the conference, you know, and I understand the reason they didn't, I guess, for 24, if the current playoff format that they're supposed to put into effect actually happens, they're meeting about that tomorrow, the playoff committees. I understand why we're not doing divisions because of that reason. You want your two high spring teams to, to play each other. But if you look at this conference and we were in an Eastern division, the best three teams in this conference on paper are UTSA, Tulane, and SMU. They would all be in the West. Mm-hmm. And we would be competing with Memphis and Florida Atlantic for the division title. 
Um, I really wish they would go to divisions. I think it would make a lot more sense. I think it would make for a lot better football. I understand the reason they didn't, but I, you know, I, and just, and just from an interest standpoint, I would a whole lot rather be playing Memphis and South Florida and Temple than playing UTSA, SMU, and Rice. Absolutely. You, you have the, the, the regional, you know, um, kind of competitiveness, the rivalries when you play those teams that you've played a lot, you've played over the years. Uh, but just, you know, traveling out west, you know, to play those teams in Texas, you know, it's, it's a lot. I can just remember going out to El Paso and I'm just thinking, like, where am I? You know, it's just that that those kind of games um, just aren't the best for the fan base. They aren't the best for the, you know, for, for TV. I, I think they're fine for crossover games. I think it's fine to do two or three of them a year. Right. But but when you're when you're. When the majority of when you're in a conference with Temple and you're in a conference with Memphis and you're in a conference with South Florida and none of them are on your schedule, mm-hmm. but UTSA and Tulsa and Rice and SMU are, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, yeah, that, I agree. Yeah, and Kevin, as far as uh, since we're talking about with you, conference realignment uh, happening right now. Uh, That's if, if we do that. If we had Oregon State, and Washington State, we're gonna have to go to divisions. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting ready to say is that there are a lot of people making the point of, um, and they pick on the volleyball team. Why in the world would we take a volleyball team and send no, them? we would. And so what you do is, like Kyle, we've ta- been talking about on the show, you don't do that. You do maybe one crossover game the entire season. Two, mm-hmm. I would say two, one home, one right. away for Olympic sports, and then you play your division right. games home and home. Right, and so you have a situation where and then the people mentioning about the buyout for the Mountain West. Well, look, um, there's a, I know, I believe your wife is an attorney. There's a great attorneys out there. So that $34 million buyout is not going to be $34 million. It'll be negotiated down. And then the conference can help, you know, the American can help out. They have a whole bunch of money set aside because Kevin we have a- said he did not come on here to talk realignment. <laughs> <laughs> I, but- I just don't know enough about it to speak intelligently about it. You know, I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys, you know, we play whoever they put on our schedule, but I, I certainly would love a more regional schedule. Uh, I just think it's just better, you know, to, to build the, the, the brand of, of what you're trying to put out there. People can get to all the games or get to a lot of the games. Uh, so this, you know, traveling by coastal, I think it's just puts a lot of strain on the university, on the players and the coaches. And so Kevin, the Terry, Terry Holland, used, Terry Holland, used, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Terry Holland yeah. used to have a vision of, he, he explained it to me of going regional by going more national. In other words, if you expand the conference so large that you have two distinct divisions, whereas maybe it's an 18 team conference, mm-hmm. but then you're in a very regionalized division. Um, you can actually, you, you can do both. You, you, yeah. you can have that. You can, you can have that trip to Corvallis for a football game, one football game, um, but then be playing in your division for the rest of your games. So, I, you know, that's what I'd like to see. Um, if we can't do that, then I'm kind of like you. I would, I want to do one or the other. I want to go more national or go ultra regional. Um, you know, I'd rather, I, if we can't make this thing happen with Oregon State and Washington State, if it don't work out, then I would just soon be in the Sun Belt. And I think that's maybe what you were alluding to. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I'm, Watch it grow up, you know, around this area, watching the ACC and, and all those teams being right, you know, in there in a, in a travelable area. Obviously, when they added Miami and Florida State, that changed things a little bit. But uh, that kind of that kind of, you know, regional competition, regional rivalry, I think really, you know, 
made it made it fun to watch. But I agree with what you're saying. I mean, every now and then you you, you know you take that trip out and, and you, you you do the the cross country deal. BYU last year. Just don't yeah, just yeah. don't do it all. Just don't do it all the time. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So, uh, as far as your uh, son's high school team, can you talk a little bit about that before we let you go? I know you've been generous with your time tonight. Yeah, yeah. He so he's at Green Level High School, which is it's only been around for about five years, but it's in the same area as, as maybe Panther Creek or Green Hope, if you kind of know the Raleigh Cary Apex area. You guys just lost uh, in, in in the opening week to Brandon Simmons' team, didn't you? No, well, no. So Brandon Simmons is at Southeast Raleigh. We haven't played them yet. Okay, yeah, actually, well, who, actually not on our schedule, but they, but yeah, he's at Southeast Raleigh. We we well, beat who, South who Grand. Play week one. I can't, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, we beat South Granville in week one, and then we we lost week two to Willow Springs, who's a Fuquay team, one of the newer schools in Fuquay. And, and you know, we we lost 32 to 29. Probably should have won that game. Uh, but he's doing well. He started wide receiver. Uh, I think he had four catches in game one, three catches in game two. He scored uh, his first touchdown in game one. Uh, he was about six inches short of a touchdown in game two. He oh, got, hit at the, got hit at the three and extended the ball out. I think it hit the goal line, but they marked him down. Uh, so he didn't get that touchdown. He's got a pretty good quarterback. They don't have a really great offensive line. They're kind of working through some some stuff with the offensive line. So if the quarterback can get some more time, uh, he'll put up some numbers. He's, he's, he's got good hands and, 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 and uh, tracks the football well. And so that's this is this is that year where you know your junior years where you you put up the numbers to get recruited, and so hopefully he can uh, keep going strong and 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 start to make those numbers a little bit bigger. So I learned something tonight that you have a private jet. I didn't know about that, but apparently <laughs> B Pace says Kevin have the limo pick me up on Friday to get to the jet to fly to Michigan. Oh, B Pace, that's my guy. That's How my predictable guy. is that? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's almost like every time I'm on the air, he drops that one. Yeah. Yeah. The limo ride and the and the flight, but uh, certainly uh, love having you guys. Uh, gonna miss Jeff Charles. It's gonna be kind of uh, different. Uh, we uh, have Jim Zoki coming on. Do you have anything about Zoki before we bring him on? I, he's I've met him two or three times now. We've had some phone conversations, had some Zoom calls. He seems like a great guy. You know, I've heard good things from you know guys I know from the Panthers. Um, so I'm excited to work with him. You know, he's been nothing but uh, gracious to me and. and even more so, he, he's basically saying, I want you to talk even more than you used to with, with Jeff. He said, you know more about the program than I do, and, you know, you, you can you can fill some space. And so whenever you feel like you have something to say, I'll sit back and listen. And so um, that's been, you know, it's been great to, to, to get to know him and just to know that he's it, he doesn't make it about him, right? He wants it to be about the product over the radio, and so I'm excited to work with him. In fact, uh, we have an interview with him, and uh, that will not be tonight, but it'll uh, we'll promote that uh, coming up for uh, Zoki. But uh, Kevin, man, thank you so much. You've been good to us. We've been only uh, hard to believe five years now we've been doing the show and you've always said yes to us. So thank you so much and good luck to your son this season. And I know we'll have you back on soon, but I know he's going to do great things and hopefully we can get him to be a pirate. So we'll have second generation Monroe's. Oh, that'd be great. You know, and then I've got a seventh grader coming behind and he'll, you know, he'll get into high school once the other one leaves. So it's a, it's an exciting time. Thank you guys for, for always having me. You know, Kyle, we, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about you and what's going on in your life, man, but I, I pray for you all the time. So I hope things are well. Right right now, right now, things are good. Um, I, you know, I got my next scans in October, uh, next DNA test in, October, in September. Uh, but the last one, as, as far as I know, I'm cancer free. I never like to be overconfident. The right. last, as of the last test, I'm cancer free. That's, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Thank you for giving me the update. Yep. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. I always enjoy being on here. I appreciate you. Hope you have a great night. Enjoy your Labor Day. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. All right. Bye.
the great Kevin Monroe, appreciate him very much. And I know he was on a long time with us, but uh, thank a lot of him. Uh, one of the greats and appreciate him. Maybe one day we can have him in the East Carolina Hall of Fame. He's in our Hall of Fame for sure, as he's been with us uh, for about five years now coming on the show. So appreciate you, Kevin Monroe, very, very much. Kyle, do you have anything? I know that you and I, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Will they ever decide who's going to be the ACC and not in the ACC? <laughs> Well, I was supposed to have this meeting. They were supposed to have a meeting last night, actually. Yeah. Um, and the UNC tragedy uh, had to cancel that. So I kind of thought it would be announced today. Because um, of the, tomorrow's the, I, I thought that they'd want to get it done before the playoff committee met tomorrow. Yeah. So that's really making me wonder if it's not happening. If they change their minds again. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, if it doesn't happen, then I think things are going to get crazy because I think Stanford. Uh, they're like a, a toddler that you told they can't have a toy. Um, they're they're going to, at that point, they're going to try to reform the Pac-12 in some way, shape, or form. So uh, if they do get told no, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, if they get in, and Cal, I, if SMU doesn't get in, I am almost 100% sure um, Washington State, Oregon State, and probably two from the Mountain West join the American. If SMU gets in also, then I, I think it's a 50-50 shot whether they come to the American or the Mountain West. Um, one thing I did think about with that, and then we'll, we'll get off of here. And yep. If SMU does leave, it, it does free up some money in that TV contract. We're going to, you know, you can ask for more money anyway if you're adding Oregon State, Washington State, San Diego State. Uh, but it immediately fills, frees up eight million. So, um, you know, that might make things a little bit easier for the uh, ESPN negotiations. Let's try to get the schools in here. But uh, anyway, uh, looking forward to this weekend. East Carolina, Michigan, Florida, Utah, Thursday night. Um, trying to think of other games that jump out at me. I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now. Bubba, is there any other games uh, that stick out to you off the top of your head? North Carolina, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- there aren't a ton of great games this weekend. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah, uh, UTSA Houston is one that um yeah. Yeah, if I, that is flipped that's not even upset anymore UTSA is a one point favorite wow okay North Carolina South Carolina um, LSU Florida State um, Tulane South Alabama that's um, a good one. like Kyle, like Kyle mentioned I was gonna um, mention that Houston UTSA game taking place in Houston that that UTSA is was a one and a half point favorite that's one of the games that Sonny and Semenza picked. Um, on on uh, their show coming up tomorrow night. So you'll hear that. But um, let's see. What other game, game was it? I was uh, what in the world is going on? Dave's trying to get us a copyright. Well, Flat. I know that. Was that uh, End of the Innocence by uh, Joe Walsh? Uh, Don Henley. Don Henley, I mean. I got the song right, though. Just named the wrong eagle. Don Henley. End of yes. the end of it. Yes. Right, the other game that I'm, I'm really interested to see, see how it goes. Um, It'll be going on the same time as the Pirates are playing, uh, playing to, to DVR it, and that is number 17 TCU hosting Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, oh, there'll be no need to DVR that. I will I will make a prediction on this. I will I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Are you ready? Even if it's lopsided, it's must see. I, I agree. I'm gonna make a bold prediction on this. 
I'm gonna make a bold prediction. All right, all right. I'm gonna make, make a prediction. We will, we will, we will lose to Michigan, but TCU will beat Colorado worse than Michigan beats us. Oh wow! Okay, that that that's my bold prediction right there. Now watch Colorado win the game. <laughs> Coach Prime, how about uh, Pace says Duke Clemson? Yeah, that's an interesting girl. one. Is you know can 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 Duke continue what they did last year? You know, without a flash in the pan, or, or they, can they build on it? Um, and, uh, so that that is an interesting game. Uh, Duke, Duke Clemson. Um, who does Marshall play this weekend, guys? While we're playing Michigan, Chocolate State or somebody? Who do they play? I don't know. Okay, I thought Bubba might know, but yeah, I don't recall. I think it's a. It seems like it's a. A game that you know, SES opponent. I'm checking right now. Okay, and I and I don't know where the advantage is in that. You know, if you if you don't get injured, there there may be some advantage. Yes, in playing the, a bit. it's what I thought. Albany, Albany. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the 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 mighty Albany Albanies, Great Danes. The great. Oh, there you go. What an intimidating mascot. Um, big dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know that's um. Yeah, and I don't know where the advantage is. Certainly, they're not going to get injured. Um, but they'll also be able to, you know, if they made any wrinkles to their offense, any changes, they won't have to show it against Albany. So, you know, what good is that game film going to be? Uh, you know, but if, if you don't get injured against Michigan and you play well, that could be a real boost going into that Marshall game. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just, I'm looking forward, you know, a little less than 48 hours from now, I guess about about this time, 48 hours from now, I will be uh, you know, hopefully closing in on Columbus, Ohio. Uh, That's what we're saying. Getting, getting ready to uh, get some sleep and get up Friday morning and go check out U of M and then also Eastern Michigan and and see my first college football game of the season in person um, with the – Eastern Michigan Eagles and Howard on Friday night at 630. That's going to be great. In fact, uh, Columbus, I, I was wrong. Columbus to Ann Arbor is like three hours and 11 minutes, like nonstop if you go. But so I thought it was a little bit longer, like four hours and some change. But um, that's going to be great to get there. And so we'll be very, very close to Ann Arbor area uh, for Friday. Yeah, y'all enjoy it. Enjoy your trip up there. Enjoy the Eastern Michigan Eagles and the Howard Johnsons, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, the 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 uh, the next. <laughs> I got Dave on that one. And then the next day, I was uh, that. You caught me off guard. That was good. The, 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 you know, maybe the Pirates pull off some miracle. You never know. Uh, in the Big House, hope everybody that makes the trip enjoys it. I'll be uh, watching it on Peacock and enjoying uh, the rest of the games after that. And um, we really, to- honestly, just to be honest, for, for full disclosure, and I'll wrap up whatever I have to say, uh, I'm ready to get this one over with and move on to Marshall. Hey, uh, by the way, if it does happen, Bubba, what's the? can we do a prop bet? How quickly will Kyle from LaGrange call Bubba and I like to have a conference call right after the oh, game? Oh, I told Jessica, we're going to Greenville. I'm going to tear down the goalpost at Dottie Fickle Stadium. If we have <laughs> I don't blame you. Definitely the uh, – 
Well, you get well. Actually, you could be a reporter there at the uh, airport, right? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna make the call now. Yeah, every everybody listening and watching to the podcast, all the students out there. If we upset Michigan, uh, meet me. Meet, meet me at Dottie Ficklin. We're tearing down the goalpost. Oh man, John Gilbert's gonna have security galore because it's gonna happen. Hey, you know what? He ain't gonna care. We upset no, that, Michigan. He ain't gonna care. That's that's true. Um, if I remember correctly, they did that at App State when they upset Michigan. They tore down the goalpost at, at, at the Rock. And uh, Bubba, is that am I remembering that right? You are. Put it in the duck pond. Yep, I say we do the same thing. Oh well. So we're gonna have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of. By the way, guys, before we get out of here, we've got a lot of great programming, uh, and then we'll get out of here to promote. In fact, uh, I know Kyle, you got you and Bubba did a great job. Um, Tommy Bowden, that's a great new show that we have. It's called The Coach's Kid. And if you haven't had a chance, check it out. I'm, I've been listening to it. I need to, I haven't listened to all of it yet. But uh, what a great, great uh, show. Great concept by Bubba and Kyle. And uh, can you guys tell about what that – it's obviously uh, very uh, – I guess it speaks for itself, right, the name of the – Yeah, I, I had the idea of, of doing a show where you interview the, the, the children – son and daughter, son or daughter of a uh, successful head coach and uh, kind of get their perspective on their father. And um, first episode, we had Tommy Bowden, former head coach Clemson, Tulane, uh, talked about his daddy, Bobby. And uh, Bubba's done a great job. My idea, um, but Bubba does the legwork. Bubba's done a great job lining up guests. Uh, we just filmed our second episode tonight that will air next Monday. Got a little editing to do on that one first, but uh, – it was with uh, Kate Holland. Or how, Kate, what's her last name? Her married name, Bubba. I'm sorry. Sorry, I've stepped away for a moment. And, uh, yeah, Kate Holland Banyard. Yeah, we, we we interviewed her the night. That'll be episode two. Uh, the daughter of Terry Holland. I've and, uh, and that'll and that'll air next Monday. Banyard. Sorry. Yes, yeah, correct. And uh, that that was Terry Holland's daughter. That'll air. Uh, next monday and uh I, that was a good interview um it, it, things that didn't go as smooth as tommy bowden but i think from a pure emotion and a raw standpoint i i i loved it i loved that interview um i hope you guys enjoy it next monday when we put it out um it she um it's, it's good to confirm what you thought of someone from your public interactions and you know it's good to find out that man was was even even more than what you thought he was after talking to his daughter. And by the way, guys, I have a request uh, for this show. I just thought about it. How about he's been on our show? He's a guest that we can definitely get on. Jay Paterno for Joe Paterno. Uh, yeah, we, we've already worked. We've already thought about that. Oh yeah, he's already right. been reached out to. Okay, all right, cool. Well, but um, something I found very interesting that Kate Holland and what Kate said is just the way that that she and um, you know, Coach Krzyzewski's daughters and then other ACC coaches' daughters and it really bonded together because they, they understood how difficult the lifestyle could be. And, um, and when when they would play, the, uh, what Kyle, she told us to worry about them going sledding or something? Yeah, sledding up in Charlottesville there uh, when, when when um you know, they, they, they'd come up for a game, I guess, during cold weather and snow. Uh, going sledding with Coach Shesky's daughter, and um, the um, a lot of interesting things, man. That interview is going to be very good next Monday. Um, 
you know, there there was one thing shocking that um, it, it sounded like uh, there was it was you know at one point maybe a mob hit to put out on Terry Holland and uh, that that stay tuned for that Monday. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. I'm over exaggerating that just a little bit, but um, that's what you do. Nice you tease. So uh, yeah, check check that out next Monday. He'll look, you know, have some. She had a lot of interest. Very, I I thought it was great. I I hope everybody else enjoyed it as much as I did. I could have talked to her for another hour. All right, another uh, another upcoming is uh, Ted Pardee, uh, son of Jack Pardee, and we've obviously had Ted on the show numerous times and to preview the Houston Cougars. And he has a son who's walk on quarterback, I believe at uh, TCU. But um, may, may have him on the show and then talking about this weekend's games on, with Houston UTSA and TCU Colorado, but uh, also in the near future to uh, talk about growing up the son of a of an NFL coach uh, like like he did with Jack Pardee. Yeah, and if you do, you know, like Dave uh, put in or you know mentioned uh, Jack Paterno, if any of the listeners have any ideas or uh, of some head coaches uh, doesn't have to be college pro could be major league baseball managers uh if, if anybody has any suggestions for for uh for, for the show for, for the coach's kid uh reach out to us and we'll see what we can do if we think it's a good guest also uh, we'll uh we'll try to get them on but um I, i've enjoyed doing the first two episodes i've got another idea family related i'll tell you guys that i think would work um but we'll We'll save that for off air uh, when we have our group chats and stuff like that. But uh, guys, we have other great shows. By the way, we have another game. Unless the I know Kyle is our official meteorologist of the Sports Objective. It looks like <laughs> uh, tomorrow night. Hopefully, we have our game. Uh, a lot of rain coming in. By the way, Bubba. Yeah, y'all be better off just going play that one Friday. I think I think y'all made a mistake moving it up to tomorrow night. Yeah, but uh, hopefully. We'll see how you should uh, be fine. Uh, the, I think the majority of the rain and the weather is going to move in until Thursday. I actually think that yeah. far north, you guys may get spared most of it anyway. Um, if, if it tracks a little bit further west, it won't take that turn to the east until it's more over more of eastern North Carolina. But uh, okay. to, to get all got off on the tangent there, but what you're alluding to is tomorrow night. What time's the game tomorrow night here on the network? Seven o'clock, 6 40 airtime. In fact, uh, Coach Robinson has a book signing, being the great author that he is. The, um, he didn't know, obviously, we we're going to have it on Wednesday night. He thought it was going to be Thursday night. Um, so he has a conflict. But our great friend, Phil Willard, the professor, he's retired AD from uh, Riverside. He's going to be with us tomorrow night as the color guy. And uh, we'll be doing the game tomorrow night at Northside. Again, airtime at 640. So we have that tomorrow night. Busy night. I know we have uh, just another sports podcast, right? North side of Jacksonville, or which which no uh, Pine Town, the the okay. uh, the Beaufort County version of Northside. Gotcha. Yeah, just another sports podcast. We'll be after the game tomorrow night. Um, I hopefully we're going to have Chris on from the Spurs Up podcast uh, if things work out. But either way, around nine thirty. Yeah, that's what we're shooting for. Around nine thirty tomorrow night after the game. Uh, just another sports podcast with me and Stevie. So uh, just, hey, listen to Martin County High School Football, then leave it there and, uh, you know, check out just another sports podcast with me and Stevie. Actually, I guess you technically have to close it out and open a new feed, wouldn't you? Yes, yes, we'll have to we'll have to do that. But we're going to get it to you guys as quickly as we can right after the game, uh, for sure, yeah. a quick post game. And 
uh, we'll get that to keep the viewers, as they say, and listeners. All right. And then I know that uh, a lot of big games, of course, we'll have our uh, pirate playback or we'll have, uh, let me first talk about Jim Zoki. We, Bubba and I had a chance to talk to him today. Great guy as expected. Uh, great interview. That's up on YouTube, right, Bubba? It is. Uh, it, it was released this afternoon. Uh, so definitely go and check that out. About a 20 minute conversation. Appreciate him fitting us in uh, during what is an extremely busy time for him prepping not only for East Carolina football uh, in a matter of, you know, three or four weeks. And with this being game week, but uh, also the Carolina Panthers and everything he does there for them. So appreciate him spending 20 minutes with us. And, uh, and in addition to that, uh, also I mentioned earlier, Sonny and Semenza and uh, check out uh, their week one picks and, They'll take a look at some of those games that I mentioned. I know North Carolina, South Carolina, West Virginia, Penn State, uh, UTSA, Houston. I think they picked six games, and those are three uh, that they picked um, on Thursday. We'll probably have uh, an abbreviated edition of the Inside Slant, um, probably about a half hour, potentially. Like I mentioned, Ted Pardee talking about Houston, UTSA, also Colorado TCU, as well as maybe some other games. Uh, so we'll probably have a couple of guests in an abbreviated edition that will be pre-recorded because Dave and I will be traveling to uh, or toward Ann Arbor, um, going there uh, to about Columbus, Ohio on Thursday. And then Friday, we'll have a recorded episode of A Pirate's Life for Me with John McMillan. Um, John is a College friend of my dad's, and uh, he, he's someone that began his career at the Citadel after playing high school ball at Greensboro Page. Um, and John will you – know, he has so many excellent stories. He he went to every East Carolina game for several years um, throughout the Steve Logan era, for there for about a nine- or ten-year stretch, every single game. So, uh, as you can imagine, he has some tremendous stories from that era, but then also – other eras um, and, you know, really is an excellent pirate football historian as so many of us are. And then Saturday, you know, we'll have sights and sounds uh, from around the big house there in Ann Arbor, the, the pirate tailgate, the, you know, the pirate club tailgate that is. Um, and then, you know, the, the Michigan, uh, Michigan band, you know, just, all the, the things that make a game day there at the big house uh, so special. And um, and then we'll also have video from you know, Eastern Michigan on Friday night. And then also um, on the way home on Sunday, we'll make a stop at Bowling Green, Toledo, and also the Horseshoe in Columbus. Uh, so stay tuned for that on our YouTube channel where we, where we recently eclipsed 1,000 subscribers, and then on Sunday, we'll take a look back at the Pirates in Michigan, and we'll see what went well and uh, what the Pirates need to improve on uh, going into the home opener the following week against Marshall. Sounds good. A lot of uh, great things uh, happening, and uh, appreciate everybody viewing tonight and listening. Uh, thank you for all the positive feedback. I happen to be working at the hospital, and people walk up to me and say, you're that guy on the sports objective. Oh my God. 
And uh, so people are looking at me like <laughs> so crazy. But thank you so much for uh, all the support over the last five years. And thanks to Bubba, it was literally five years ago uh, we started our YouTube channel to be able to do what we've done uh, with the show, not to take too much time. I just want to give you a shout out, Bubba, for all the hard work you do on the show. But especially he took, uh, he and I had a vision of our YouTube channel and he took the ball, not to use the cliche for football, but he took the ball and ran with it. And uh, Bubba, thank you so much for all you do. I say that uh, maybe not enough uh, on air, especially, but uh, thank you for that because it was a huge milestone. I hadn't had a chance to talk about it very much on air. So thank you so much, my friend, for uh, for that because it's a, a moment you and I have been talking about for five years. So we finally hit that last Friday night. Yeah, we. I do it because I love the Pirates. And then one last oh, yeah. time before we get out of here, uh, our first guest tonight, Michael Bass Knight, managing partner of the Pioneer Theater in Manteo. So definitely, uh, if, if you're an Outer Banks Pirate and you're not traveling to Ann Arbor, get out to the Pioneer Theater on Friday and Saturday. Um, some pirate fun and you know, hopefully we'll have some or they will have some things to cheer about uh, as will those of us who are going to be in ann arbor and uh, stay tuned on our youtube channel uh, we will have uh, a little promo um, with michael showcasing the pioneer theater and he did a little four or five minute walkthrough so um, we'll have that posted probably later this evening or first thing on wednesday morning all right, good luck to the Pirates this week as Bubba will be, as I said, will be traveling. So uh, pray for us. Uh, safe travels for everyone, uh, for all the Pirate Nation going to Ann Arbor. And Bubba, help me out before we go. One final thing, my friend. Eastern Michigan is in what town? I don't know why I'm drawing a blank uh, the last two days. I can't think of the name of the Ypsilanti. town. Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti. Thank you. I don't know why I could not say, I couldn't think of that name of the town to save my life. So now I know. All right, uh, make sure that you like us on Facebook and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not done so. We're everywhere on social media. Thank you so much to all our great guests. Thank to, thanks to Kyle from LaGrange Barber and uh, for all our great guests again. I'm Dave Richmond for the Sports Objective. This has been the Pirate Preview. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates. Touchdown.